Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Eight Sleep Podcast. Repeat, my name is Dave Taylor, and uh, man, we got it again. Another AEW interview, this time with Wardlow. Uh, is going to be joining us in just a second. Again, thanks for checking us out. Eat Sleep Podcast, repeat, we're 106.9 The Foxes and FM99's only wrestling podcast. You can find us under the media tab on our website, uh, fm99.com. 1069thefox.com. And uh, again, on the media tab there, you can check out some of our previous episodes. And you can find us on many podcast apps uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, all those. Also, Spotify. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you get the notifications so you know when we have a new episode. And check us out. Always appreciate that. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ESPR99. And uh, let's let us know what's going on. I'll be out at uh, Dynamite Wednesday in Norfolk, Virginia at the Chartway Arena. And looking forward to checking out AEW Dynamite once more. And uh, we talked to, well, he came to the studio, actually. Great conversation with AEW wrestler Wardrow, the uh, current TNT champion. In the studio with me right now, uh, this, is, this is great. AEW Dynamite comes to Chartway Arena on Wednesday. And in the studio with me is TNT champion Wardlow. Thank you. So you're still a champion, right? And- oh, I am still the champion yes. and will will be for many, <laughs> many, many months and years to come. Uh, congrats on winning that, by the way. Um, that was you, you've had like quite the run in the last like three years since you've been a part of AEW. Um, you, you know, you were kind of a guy when AEW started was like a name, you know, big guy. You know, but like nobody knew a lot about you unless they watched the independence. And in the last three years, you've become a bigger name uh, and some big names that you've worked with. We'll, we'll talk about. But how, how did in the three years have you risen up the ranks? I mean, you're kind of homegrown, if you will, which in AEW, not a common thing. Yeah, I take a lot of pride in the fact that even on the indies, I wasn't necessarily very popular. I only worked a, in a small region. Um, so to be somebody that shows up on TV that basically no one has ever heard of, um, to now be where I am today, TNT champion, um, thousands of people chanting my name in these arenas every week. It's, it it is so surreal and, uh, such a blessing because I remember my first vignette that they played, um, all out 2019, and it was just me, a little video of me with a girl where I beat some dudes up in a parking lot and, you know, Wardlow coming soon. And the arena goes silent, you know. And, then, and now three years later, they're chanting my name. It's it's a beautiful thing. And it's weird because, you know, and looking you up and everything in the past history, because I had to learn about your past. I mean, obviously, I've been familiar with the AEW days, but you know, and in your name, like Wardlow, and I'm like, well, what kind of name is that? And I'm like, what? Well, that's your name, like, and it, but this sounds like such a badass name. <laughs> so yeah, people are often surprised. I always get, how'd you come up with that name? What made you think of that? I'm like, well, uh, it's my on my birth certificate, but it's also, I think, one of many reasons why I went from nobody to where I am. Um, if you look at me, you know, on paper, if, if you just look at Wardlow physically and then you have the name Wardlow and then you add in um, my speaking abilities and my athleticism, I truly wholeheartedly believe I was put on this earth 
to do this. What uh, what what influenced you? I, I know you were trained uh, by Josh Emanuel. That was was that your trainer? One of your trainers? It started off, yeah. Okay, but what, like, were you a wrestling fan, or was it someone said, "Well, you got this build, you got this kind of look. Do you want to try this?" No, I've been madly, deeply in love with professional wrestling for my entire life. Um, there's home video of me somewhere I really need to find <laughs> before I could even speak. And I just, I have this junkyard dog and this Hulk Hogan, these big rubber action <laughs> figures, and I'm just banging them around, you know, before I could even speak. And it's just something I've known my entire life that this is what I was going to do. What, what, what did you watch? I mean, what era did you grow up in? Was it Attitude Era? Was it was it post-Attitude? Or where did you go, well, you know, this is what I want to do? I mean, so, so I'm 34, so okay. I've been through a few decades of wrestling, <laughs> so... It started with Bret the Hitman Hart. Legend. That, that, that is the one that made me fall in love initially at a very young age. So it was guys like Bret and Sean, um, Mr. Perfect, that era. Uh, legend. Right. Yeah. Then as I get a little older, you know, the locker room changes, and now I'm inspired by guys like Kevin Nash and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, and then very inspired by Jeff Hardy and the Hardy Boys. Um and then from there, I'm in high school. Now I'm starting to work out. Um, the locker room has changed again, and a man named Batista arrives. And it was like this perfect timing of me starting to hit puberty and starting to work out, and he's blowing up. And I just remember looking at him and going, that's what I want to be. And, yeah. uh, man, it's <laughs> actually scary how my career has mimicked his in like very very similar ways yeah well you didn't have a deacon gimmick however you got everything else (laughs) i mean it was very close very close very close (laughs) very close yes uh but did you now do you see yourself you know i don't want to like fast forward so long but he's gone on the acting route so some other wrestlers have is that something do you want to do and 15 years or in 10 years or five years. This is actually a conversation I had on the drive over (laughs) here just now. Um, It is absolutely something I would like to do um, at some point. Uh, Not only is that something I personally would love, but I also believe it would benefit all elite wrestling. Um, If I could get a different crowd, a different, um, you know, just a whole new new eyes on the company is really the ultimate goal. Yeah, yeah. That, you mentioned that, and you know, you speak of these moments where you want something almost to kind of go viral. The scissoring thing, which I know you're not a part of, uh, but the Phillies. You know, I, I don't you seen this. One of their celebrations have been doing the scissoring in the dugout. Is, is that something that you know you kind of look for that little something and try to gravitate and say, okay, well, what can we do next, or what is what's going on now? Because now that you guys seen that, there's got to be some excitement going on backstage. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like the best things happen organically. So like the scissoring thing, um, me with the the Powerbomb Symphony, I kind of orchestrate the crowd with, (laughs) and uh, while they chant one more time, you know, and they wave their hands around. Um, So stuff like that, the fact that it's happening with like pro athletes and like in at the baseball. I feel like we haven't seen that in a really long time. I don't think anybody in pro wrestling has had that type of connection where like somebody scores a touchdown and does, you know, John Cena's whatever, how yeah, they used yeah. to. So 
somebody doing the scissoring. It was, I was so excited to see that, and hopefully we see it much more. I th- probably the yes movement was probably the last one that resonated. I think with uh, Michigan State University and, and yep. their arena and a few other the Giants. And, and I think did it. How long ago? Eight nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, that's yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's been a while. Like you, you said, since wrestling's kind of had the uh, something and, and to see that, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like <laughs> so. Like I've always said, one of my ultimate goals was just to make wrestling cool again. Like. Because when yeah. I was growing up, everybody was talking about all the kids in school, that even the teachers, like it, it was the cool thing. Um, so that is a huge goal of mine. Uh, but thank you, Max Caster and Anthony <laughs> Bowens for assisting and helping make wrestling cool again. Yeah. Who would have thought? I know the storyline right now is, you know, they, they can't do it, but everybody else is going to do it. It's not going to stop. Uh... <laughs> oh, the scissoring will never stop at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's like DX now. It's yeah. Wild. Yeah. You know, the, the payoff of that is going to be fantastic when it when it gets to that point, whenever yeah. whenever they're going to do it uh, for you. So, so you've been on the run as of late, uh, defeating Scorpion, uh, Scorpio Sky. Winning the TNT Championship, uh, Jay Lethal has been challenging you. Uh, Sajay Dutt has been around. Uh, that's a guy that I worked with at an independent show many years ago. Um, when you're around these veterans, and you mentioned the Hardys, what is that? Does how, how does that inspire you, or what have you learned from them when when they're in the locker room or when they're at these shows? And I still have moments where, um, like, somebody will come say hi to me just in catering, like, "Hey, what's up, man?" Fist bump, <laughs> and it's just like. I watched that person on TV for years and now I'm just fist bumping them. They're my coworker. Like it is still mind blowing to me. Um, and I still find myself like interacting with these guys and then turning around and walking away, like giggling like a child. Like I keep it in, but as soon as I turn away, I'm like all giddy, like, Oh my God, this is my life. Um, but man, it is amazing to have those guys in our locker room and I've learned so much. And, and the great thing about, like, Sanjay, um, you mentioned specifically, so I'll speak on him. He's so passionate. And, and and the great thing about these, the guys, the coaches, the vets that have been doing it, they're so passionate about the business. And now if they can't give back in the ring, mm. they, they, they're taking that energy, they're, they're taking that passion that they would give in the ring and now they're giving it to us. Um, all of that passion, all of that energy, they are putting into us and in, in how to make us better. And I thank them all the time because I can see the passion when Sanjay, I mean, you can hear it when in his voice when he talks. He's so yeah. passionate. Um, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And because his background, and, and his background's different because he you know, came through you know, the old ECW and everything. So you know, his influences are his style. Is different than maybe what some of you watch, and some of that hopefully you know kind of rubs off on some people who are used to it. And you got, of course, you got Sting there, um, you know, who's obviously a legend in, in the business in so many ways. And I can't believe he's still doing it. Him and Billy Gunn. I'm like, what year is this? <laughs> so after years of of regret getting into the business so late, like man, I really beat myself up for a long time for yeah. that. Seeing guys like Sting and Billy really put all of that to rest all like um a lot of regret that you live with has been put to rest um since being with AEW because it was just everything you questioned why why did this happen why that why not this time this is why 
who, who got you into AEW? Who, I mean, before when you signed, was you know, did somebody you knew that you worked with in Independence? Was it, you know, did somebody call you and say, hey, do you want, I mean, you get, should we get a tryout? I mean, you kind of had the whole tryout with the story of not being a, an official member for a long time, but how did you become all elite? Yeah. I was <laughs> jobless, broke, living back at my mother's house in my old bedroom, um, taking a nap <laughs> because. <laughs> Didn't have anything else to do. And I woke up and I had a missed call from QT Marshall. And I I wasn't even fully awake yet. And I'm calling the number back and I'm like <clears throat> trying to clear my throat. Like, I right, get ready for this phone call. Like, we ended up talking for an hour and, and we had such a great connection. And, and we both felt how passionate each other were about wrestling. And basically... They had heard my name from a few different people all around the same time. Britt Baker came up with me um, in Pittsburgh. We okay, were both yeah. part of IWC. We started at the same time. Um, so we've always been friends. And then uh, Warrior Wrestling has a, had a couple people that contacted Cody about me. Um, and then Glacier, Lloyd, he, um, he affiliated with uh, their, their training school. He did a seminar at IWC, saw me work said, hey, Cody, you might want to take a look at this guy. Yeah. So Cody was like, all right, I heard this name Wardlow from five different people. If he'll fly himself to Atlanta, we'll take a look at him. And that was basically their challenge. Like, hey, if you're willing to pay for a ticket and come down yeah. here, we'll take a look. I booked, a, I borrowed some money, booked a flight that night. Um, and then QT invited a complete stranger into his home and let me stay with him for three nights, him and his wife. Which I will never be able to thank him enough for that. Um, And him and I worked in the ring for a few minutes in front of Cody. And it only took three minutes. And Cody offered me a deal. (laughs) It's always amazing, I think, when people think of, like, the trial. And, you know, and it's – but, like – what do you have to display? I, I guess for somebody trying to get into wrestling nowadays because they think a trial, you know, you got to have all this pomp and everything else. But but they're looking for – I guess how you put a match together is that the main ingredients, and that's at least at least oh this guy's trainable or we or he's got this, but we can do this with them. How do they? What do they look for? So, with us, it's most definitely different. Um, I know the other place looks for somebody that just has something, and then they will they'll mold them. AEW, we are a company of professional wrestlers. So we hire professional wrestlers that are already trained, that are already, you know, that already are experienced to a certain level. Um, So what AEW is looking for is just solid athletes, solid professional wrestlers, people that can go in the ring, that are safe, that are good people. Um, You know, obviously, if you can cut a promo or if you have some sort of character you know, big over the top character that always helps, but yeah, but yeah, we're just looking for good professional wrestlers. Did it uh, earlier this year when Cody left, and because he's a big part of you being there, did that change any dynamics that you can talk about in, in the locker room at all, or just people like it would just, were they just shocked because of the fact that he left? Because I mean, people probably thought, oh, he's there for life. You know, a lot of these guys, they're part of this now. This is going to be this is their baby. You know, did that surprise a lot of people? For sure. I, I mean, I just speaking personally, I was very surprised. Um, 
I don't know if I would say let down because I love Cody and I'll support whatever he wants to do with his life. So I would never hold that against him. And I told him that. Um, I personally do miss his presence in the locker room. I thought I don't think he does have a very positive presence backstage. Um, and he was somebody I, I could comfortably go to and, and speak to. And uh, so I do miss having him around. But, uh, yeah, I just, I'll always wish him the best of luck with whatever he does. Yeah, that was pro- probably one of the more surprising stories of, of this year. There's been a lot of big stories this year. That was probably, like, it'd be easily, like, in the top five. It just was like, if you told me that last year that this was going to happen, I would have been like, no, there's no way that's happening. There's no way. And then that happened. Uh, you, you started AEW. You had the, uh, the inner circle going on uh, with MGF Jericho and a few other guys. Uh, then you kind of break off into the pinnacle. With MJF, he kind of became his, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say it like, you were not his bodyguard per se, but you were... Yeah, pretty much his bodyguard. Pretty much yeah. his bodyguard. His hired hitman, <laughs> unfortunately, for too long. Yeah, and, th- and things kind of yeah went that way um, with the with the dog collar match and everything, which is just brutal. I mean, I, I you know, even, even the old Piper-Valentine match, you know, which people still talk about 40 years later, um, you know, was brutal for that era. And and then to, you know, see blood and wrestling again um, and everything else. Uh, and then you kind of got involved and finally break free, if you will, um, from that. What was that moment for you, uh, you know, the kind of help Punk in that moment, you know, defeat MJF in that match? Yeah, that was – Man, possibly the best moment of my career, um, which is crazy because earlier that night I won the Revolution Ladder match, right, yeah. and that was the biggest moment of my career <laughs> and felt amazing. Um, so it's crazy that that was even overshadowed by this moment because when I set that ring down and I turned around and walked back up the ramp, the reaction from the crowd was so powerful and I just knew in that moment that we did it like we did it and and this is going to be bigger than I could have ever imagined I uh, I, I give you props because I, I had like predictions that night we do a wrestling podcast and I was like my prediction was like either you were going to help him or you were going to try to help and then screw it up somehow, and then you know, and then Punk would win, and then MJF would be mad at you, and then like fire you or whatever else. But I think this, but the way it was done was even better. Uh, I, you know, just <laughs> I wouldn't have changed a thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was the best way. It was the best plan. One I didn't think of, but I thought that was that it made the most sense. Looking back on, oh yeah, this is should have done this all, all along. So, and then you had the big match. And I think you power bomb was it twelve times, ten times, ten times, ten times, ten times, <laughs> and I feel like. He deserves ten or so more, and one day we'll <laughs> we'll we'll get those in. Well, he, he does have a future, uh, yeah, title match coming where maybe is that is this is this tap you know cap off where it's you know hopefully you guys down the road if he's champion if I, he you know I, he, I he had a heck of a promo on Wednesday with uh, Regal you know obviously he's just, he, yeah <laughs> I refuse to have MJF be the champion of my company. So if he ever does weasel his way to getting that title, I will uh, quickly take it off of him. <laughs> it's been in like the last few months, and I don't know what you could say, but the whole like punk thing. Well, we thought MJF was gone. You know, nobody knew where it was, where it was going on. Uh, he comes back, punk leaves. Is there 
not chaos, but is there a lot of people trying to figure out, like, you know, that's maybe doesn't know what's going on backstage? Was there a lot of questions that people are trying to figure out, you know? No, I mean, we actually, everybody backstage has done such a great job of communicating. And we've been, honestly, through all the, um, you know, you said chaos, we've actually. It seemed like chaos on the outside. No, absolutely. But fortunately, on the inside, it has made us so much tighter. And I feel like since all that stuff happened, um, these past couple months have really, really changed the locker room. And we have some really, really positive leadership. Um, You know, guys like Jericho and Moxley um, and, and Brian Daniel, like, they are true leaders and they're very passionate and they've done such a good job of getting the locker room together and, and on the same page and getting our company, you know, you know, on the right track. Yeah. I mean, that seemed like you need a moment like that. Cause nobody really wants to go through those moments where you, you, you know, there's a, whatever's going on backstage between a couple of individuals and the whole media scrum and everything. And you're trying to like, uh, oh. but it does kind of bring some people together. Like, well, you know what? No, we like each other. You know, we love working together. And maybe that's the bonding moment. That's what you needed the other stuff to happen. But sometimes you need something, maybe not that, you know, to that level, but to bring everybody together. And then, like you said, now you guys feel more as a cohesive unit, probably the first time in more than ever in three years. Yeah, absolutely. I really feel that we talked about this recently. I feel like our locker room is as tight as it was when we first started a few years ago. Because when we first started, man, we were all on the same mission. We were all, we were a family, you know, and then we survived COVID together where we spent more time with each other than our own yeah, families. Yeah, I was, was going to ask about that was, yeah, that moment, you know, was that a good bonding moment for you guys? Because it seemed to be pretty tight compared to anywhere else. You know, you guys were always together. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really special um, that year where we basically lived in Jacksonville. Um, but everybody bonded so well. And I feel like, recently we're back to that oh that is good that's good and then you got um wednesday what, what can we expect from you at AEW dynamite on wednesday oh man wednesday sammy gravar is back um we get to see i'm personally we mentioned it but this whole max and moxley thing um i will be glued to the monitor to see what what transpires with that and this wednesday is going to be a crazy show um, we have so much drama going on right now, and I feel like a lot of it's going to come to light this Wednesday. Um, and for anybody that's never been to a wrestling show, I will say this. It is the best form of entertainment as far as getting a little bit of everything. Um, a professional wrestling show is a light show. It is a concert. Um, it is combat. It is comedy, it's drama, um, it is every form of entertainment rolled into one, and it is a roller coaster. So anybody in the area, if if you've never been um, and you think you might want to tr- try it, I'm telling you, get a ticket because going to a live show is one of the most unique and best experiences you'll ever have in your life. I had to agree. I, I went. I went last year when you guys came to uh, Chartway. Uh, it's it a is a Wednesday after uh, Hangman Page won the uh, championship. Yes, you know, with all chants and everything else, which I can't say on the radio. Uh, 
But he was, I mean, that was just a great moment. That was a fantastic show. You get caught up in it. You know, you don't you realize, like, oh, man, you know, and, and everything that's going on. But that was fantastic, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, a couple of questions, speaking talking about Hangman Page. Uh, how's he doing? Um, have, you, have you talked to him after uh, he got a little banged up on Wednesday, you know, he had the concussion? Yeah, um, I haven't spoken to him personally. Um, yeah, I should give him a call. But I've heard that he's doing well. Thank God. So... He's, yeah. you know, he's a tough dude. So I think uh, he'll be back sooner than, sooner than later. Yeah, you know, and people criticize or whatever, but I mean, it's a movie you take a thousand times, and then it's in, you know the the, the one thousand time you take it, it's just yeah, just how it goes. You know, this is professional wrestling. Yeah. Also, another thing, you, you know, when you're at a live event, I mean, this is a dangerous. You know, it's dangerous. Anything can happen. Um, you know, stuff like this happens, and it's unfortunate. But uh, like I said, he's a he's a tough dude. He'll be back sooner than the the average person. Yeah. Uh, and Athena, I, I know there was some talk. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen the footage. I talked to Eddie Kingston earlier today, and he's he didn't see it, so he doesn't follow anything on Twitter. He's just a, a better Yankees fan. But uh, are you? Uh, was was there? Was she a little rough? Is is that you know? The, did somebody talk to her after the match, or did you see what she did? Or oh, that no, I'm not uh, <laughs> familiar with that. No. Okay, all right. So it was on dark from uh, last week, but uh, you know it was a little. You know, uh, the internet was a buzz because she thought she was a little. People thought she was too physical in her match. So gotcha. yeah, a little inside the ring and outside the ring. A vicious dropkick, great dropkick outside the ring, by the way. But some people thought it was uh, maybe over the line. So. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I can't touch on that subject. I'll have to take a look. Gotcha. Uh, internet fans are, are we? Are they the most fickle in wrestling because they like something and then two weeks later they want the storyline to change because they're impatient? Uh. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I try not to. I try not to get too caught up with the Twitter comments and stuff. Um, yeah, because the whole like the, your storyline and everything with MJF, it was great. And then reading the comments, you're like, "Come on, people!" Because like, they both ways they complain. You know, took ten power bombs, this, that, or everything else. You know, but they did love the moment when you did. You know, cross the you know cross. Yeah, them, so. yeah. I mean, <laughs> everybody's gonna have something to say. You know, we can't satisfy everyone. You know, it is what it is. We we give out so much entertainment and so many different levels of entertainment. Um, there's usually a little something for everybody, but one one specific thing, two different people are going to have two different views of it. But that's also what makes professional wrestling so beautiful is that everybody can have their own opinion. Everybody can <laughs> cheer for who they want, boo who they want. You know, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right about that. I mean, it is weird over time. Like the anti heel kind of be, or the anti hero kind of became more of like the star. In the last number of years, but it's it's you know, definitely involved. But the internet, it's just like, oh my gosh, like okay, let me shut the comments off here. I just want to see what happened in this match that I missed. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't pay attention too much to the comments. Gotcha. I don't blame you. That's <laughs> not at all. Wardlow, looking forward to the Wednesday night Chartway Arena, AEW Dynamite tickets available at the box office. Get through whynotix also through AEW's website as well. Yeah, AEW uh, This Wednesday, you get uh, AEW Dark and Dynamite. Uh, they're going to be two amazing shows. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming to the station today. Thank you for having me. Man, he was fantastic. It was great talking with him. Very nice guy. Very big guy. Very nice guy. And just uh, you know, how we got into wrestling and everything else, man, a lifelong fan, finally getting to the business and uh, just told some great stories and uh, and just does not like MJF. 
But, you know, we talked to Eddie Kingston in the previous episode. If you didn't check that one out, he didn't like MJF either. Apparently a lot of people don't. Uh, but anyway, thanks for checking us out. Again, AEW Dynamite at Chartway Arena in Norfolk on Wednesday. Uh, maybe I'll see you out there. Hey, bring an ESPR sign. Love to see that. Uh, again, thanks for checking us out. You can listen to us. Uh, make sure you subscribe, however you're doing it. SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, many ways to listen to ESPR Wrestling. Check out some of our episodes. We talked to Mark Henry last year. I uh, got a lot of uh, WWE superstars have been on the show in the past as well. Eat, sleep, podcast, repeat. Uh, ESPR again on Facebook and Twitter, ESPR99 and 1069to and also F99.com out of the media tab. You can find us there as well. I am Dave Taylor, and as always, make sure you eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat.